Blog Talk Radio. You are listening live to Aquatic Wetline Radio Show with your host, the aquatic man himself, Aqua Alex. Aquatic Wetline is a one-stop radio show for everything freshwater, including cichlids, catfish, oddballs, flacos, and much more. Plus, we will be discussing saltwater and reptiles. Aquatic Wetline is your original fish keeper podcast that started it all for the fish keepers. What is on the aquatic discussion tonight? Let's dive down into the Aquatic Wetline headquarters and find out. Here's your host, Aqua Alex. Take it away, Alex. Aquatic Wetline is brought to you by Akari Tales USA. School of Fish, Fish Frenzy Tropical Fish, and Blue View Aquatic. Don't forget to head to your local fish store or pet shop to pick up some Hikari products, such as our famous Hikari Bio Pure Frozen Foods, which include delicious treats such as bloodworms, mysis shrimp, brine shrimp, and more. If you live in Western Massachusetts, be sure to stop by School of Fish, Inc. and Fish Frenzy Tropical Fish for the finest quality in freshwater and saltwater livestock, fish tanks, and more. Now, let's get on with the podcast. Remember, you can download today's podcast via iTunes or by simply going to blogtalkradio.com forward slash aquahouse. Now, Aquahouse. Take it away. Hello, fish heads, and welcome to a very special episode of the Aquatic Wetline. Hope you guys are doing wonderful today and having a wonderful week thus far. Thank you so much for being here tonight on the Aquatic Wetline. I've got such a great show for you. I'm your host, Oscar Alex. And first, I'll start off by saying tonight's episode is number 130. Today's our 130th episode, which means we're only 20 episodes away from our 150th episode. But tonight, I got a rather awesome show for you. Tonight, I'm going to be doing my fifth installment in the series, Fish Keepers United, where I will be interviewing a fish keeper. Now, in this series, I have already interviewed some wonderful fish keepers, ranging from Tony Guy to Brandon King to Jeff, the Oscar man, and Jeff Hanwerg. But tonight we got a rather interesting guest because he's going to be reuniting with the Aquatic Wetline for the first time in months, and I'm very honored to have him here on the Aquatic Wetline. So tonight's guest is going to be someone you don't know, and I'm going to reveal him a little bit on in the show. Actually, you do know him but he's returning to the Aquatic Wetline for the first time in a little while. Anyways, before I introduce you to tonight's guest and the special surprise guest, I figured I'd bring us back to December of last year where I had these following words to say. Again, you will never see William T. or Hannah Pearl Aquariums on the Aquatic Wetline again. That is my word, and I will not break it. 
Well, guess what, guys? I'm very happy to report, and I'm very excited that I am breaking my word tonight, and I am officially an awesome friend of William T. again, and I am officially announcing that Discus Man William T. is now back on the Aquatic Wetline every Wednesday. William will be here co-hosting the Aquatic Wetline, but tonight William is going to be a guest on my wonderful Fish Keepers United series, and I'm very happy to have William on the Aquatic Wetline tonight. So without further ado, I would like to welcome my best friend, and I'm Glad we actually made up because we had this great show tonight. So, anyways, let's welcome Discus Man William T to the show. How are you doing tonight, sir? Hey, Alex, I'm doing great. It's an honor to be here finally after so many months of disagreement and fighting and oh, the no holds barred match that we're supposed to have. And oh, I'm just so honored to be here, and I'm really glad that we made up. Um, it's almost like we were boyfriend and girlfriend there for a while, arguing and fighting like we're going through a divorce. And, uh, you know, we finally worked it out and we got back together, and now we're working together on the aquatic wetline, where you are the very best host I've worked with in quite a while, and CEO of Aquatic Wetline and the Alex Cardinelli Talk Show. And by the way, your show, 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 shows are doing wonderful. And I'm a little bit jealous because Aquatic Euphoria is somewhere behind you there. I'm not going to say how far or how close, but uh, I'm your sister uh, podcast, Fish Show. And we've been associated for a long time before our split up. And uh, I just couldn't handle it anymore. And knowing me that I'm basically a spiritual person, and I do believe in forgiveness, and I just couldn't stand it anymore, and I had to ask you to forgive me. Well, that's awesome. I'm very glad that we forgave each other and we're friends now because we're awesome on the radio, and I'm sure our listeners missed us here on the Aquatic Pet Line, and I'm very glad to have you back here on the Aquatic Pet Line on Wednesday nights. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. And don't forget that uh, we also have a show together on Tuesday nights on my Epiphany USA uh, show that uh, you've agreed and honored me with your presence on that podcast. So we are truly back together. Yes, sir. We're back in the saddle again. We're in the main event again. Very good. Awesome. So tonight we're going to stick to our show format, and we're going to ask each other questions as fish keepers. But we decided today to try something new. Instead of me asking all my questions at once or instead of William asking all his questions at once, we're going to alternate questions. For example, I'm going to ask my question, and then William will go, and so on and so forth. I think that's going to be a lot more interesting, and you listeners will enjoy that. Now, if you want to call in and ask William or I a question, go ahead and do so by dialing 1-347-989-8142. That, again, is 1-347-989-8142. You can even answer our questions if you want. So let's go ahead and get started. So, William, what are your fish plans for 2015? 
Oh, wow, Alex, that's a very good question. Uh, what are my fish plans for 2015 as it relates to fish? Well, number one, I'm going to, uh, I've got uh, eight discus right now. I'm going to get two more, and uh, contrary to popular belief, uh, I'm going to have ten uh, juveniles in a 55-gallon tank, and hopefully until they pair off, uh, and then I'll separate them from the 55 and spawn them by the end of 2015. And I'm also going to perfect the angel spawning of my angels. Uh, as you know, that I just ended up with a spawn that was unexpected. Uh, and uh, I was trying to raise some angel fry. I was unexpected, so I didn't have actual fry food. So I was crushing uh, golden pearls uh, with a spoon and trying to feed them that way. However, uh, I lost a lot of of the fry. And then I'm going to, this year, uh, for my YouTube videos, as you know, I do YouTube videos of my fish tanks, and I do comedy videos along with the fish information. And I'm going to be stalking some unusual fish this year, uh, fish that you don't normally see on YouTube videos, uh, and uh, uh, so that's my plan for 2015, is to get into some unusual fish, perfect the angel spawning, and rearing the fry to a successful juvenile stage uh, with a high percent of uh, survivability. And I'm going to let my discus pair off and spawn them by the end of the year. That sounds great, and I know you're really, really interested in breeding angel fish, and hope that works out for you because I know you love angel fish, and you definitely take great care of them. Well, thank you. I'm going to give it a good shot. Now, I have a question for you, Alex. Uh, I want you to answer this question. Uh, what would you truthfully tell a beginner if he asked you what tank size should he buy as his first tank? A great question. Now, for me, if a beginner was to come to me and ask me what tank size should he buy as a beginner, truthfully, I would say either a 40-gallon or a 55-gallon aquarium. Now, the reason I would say between a 40 or 55-gallon aquarium is because we all know beginners want to buy all these different kinds of fish, and we all know that if you have a small tank like a 10 or 20-gallon aquarium, you're limited to what you can stock in these sized fish tanks. So I would truthfully tell a beginner, go with a 40 or 55-gallon aquarium, and uh, with a bigger size tank, like a 40 or 55 gallon, they're less likely to experience water problems. In smaller sized aquariums, water is more likely to go bad faster than in a bigger aquarium. So I personally think a good beginner tank is a 55 gallon aquarium because A, they can stock lots of community fish in it, nothing that gets bigger than four inches, of course, and B, the water will stay good for a while. It will take a long time 
for the water conditions to get bad, but in a smaller aquarium, it will get bad quicker. So that's a wonderful question. And again, for me, it'd be 55 gallon aquarium. What size tank would you recommend a beginner, William? Well, uh, truthfully, Alex, what I would tell a beginner, if he was serious about the hobby, now I would ask him that first. Are you serious about the hobby? And if he said something like, I don't know, I just, you know, would like to have some fish and I'd like to give it a shot, I'd tell him about the same thing. I'd tell him maybe a 20-gallon tank or a 39-gallon tank. Uh, so that he can experience keeping some fish. And then let him go the route that so many hobbyists do and realize he seriously thought about it and decided to stick with it and then go buy the bigger tank. But if the person said that he was serious right from the get-go, I would actually tell him to save his money and buy the biggest tank he can buy. Uh, Because, like you said, it's it's a lot better for keeping water quality, and as we know, if he's serious about the hobby, well, he just might do some research and find compatible fish and create one of the best-looking community tanks that he would ever want to have, and um, probably a 125 would be what he should save his money and go for. Great advice, William. And we've got our first caller of the evening on the Aquatic Wetline. Hi, you're now live on our fifth episode of Fish Keepers United, and thank you for calling in to the Aquatic Wetline tonight. Yes, how are you guys doing? How are you, Alex and William? All right. I'm doing good. Okay, i got a question for both of you. My question for William is, I've seen on one of your YouTube videos that you were looking for a fish that could eat your I don't know what kind of fry you'd call it, just your fry that you couldn't sell. Have you made any decisions on what type of fish you're going to get? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay, and my question for Alex was, is if, like, if you have an Oscar that's just sulking on the bottom and you're not sure how to treat it or what, what's a good thing to do to figure it out? Okay, so for an Oscar that's lying on the bottom of the aquarium, this could be a sign of either two things. It could be a sign that it's stressing out from water parameters or it's just stressing out from the other Oscar chasing it around or an aggressive tank mate. So what I would do first is I would check the water levels, check your pH, check your ammonia, and do a small water change. And oftentimes this will help with Oscars when they're sulking. Um, if it's an aggressive issue, I would try to um, rearrange the core in the aquarium. But nine times out of ten, a lot of Oscars will sulk as they get bigger, and it's actually pretty cool when Oscars do lie in the bottom. It's nothing to yeah, worry about because it is kind of normal for Oscars to sulk. Just they're sulking a lot, like almost every day. Then it becomes something to worry about. But if it's only occasionally, then it's nothing too bad to worry about. Yeah, because I've seen this video on YouTube. The Oscar was just kind of laying in the bottom, and the guy wanted to start throwing all kinds of medicines in there, and I didn't think that was a good idea. No, generally it's because they're stressed out or or they're tired, or usually it's just when they're stressed that they silk. Okay, well, I'll let you guys get back to your great show, and thanks for answering my questions, William. Okay, uh, you're welcome. But, you know, uh, Jeff, I, I have 
thought about a, a few fish. Uh, you know, I have thought about uh, getting a tank of African cichlids um, and uh, seeing maybe if that would happen. Uh, you know, because yeah, I, I've been, I've, at one time, oh, sorry, at one time I had a, I don't know if Alex agrees with me on this, but I had a severum that actually would eat little fish. And they don't, they only get like <laughs> about nine to ten inches. So, And I think one of those could live in a 55, couldn't they, Alex? Yes, they can do fine at 55 gallon. And has yeah. any of yours ever ate a live fish? Um, not that I know of, but I know they could. They could. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll let you guys get back to your show. I won't want to take up Thank any more of your time. Thank you for Jeff. Yeah, no problem. You guys have a good night. You too. That was an awesome call. So thank you very much, Chef, for for calling in with some wonderful questions. And well, anyone else can call in at one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. So I'm going to get on to my next question for you, William. I already know the answer to this, but the listeners don't. So could me and Aquatic Wetline see you more on Aquatic Wetline in 2015? Well, hell, I don't know, Alex. What do you think? Uh, I would say yes, sir. Uh, we have uh, the Wednesday, and we even have a Saturday show uh, now, don't we, which is going to be a surprise show, I guess, Saturday Night Live. Yep, that's going to be an awesome show on my talk show. Am I co-hosting that show, too? Yes, sir. You'll be you'll be co-hosting the Aquatic Wetline on Wednesdays and Saturdays on the Oscar Nose Show, so okay. I can't wait for that. Okay, and you'll be co-hosting with me on Tuesday nights on the Fifth in the USA. So we're already working together three days a week, and uh, we know some experience that Alex Cardinelli would work seven days a week uh, if he could. And... Uh, but, yeah, you're going to see more of me on Aquatic Wetline. Uh, and, and, you know, let's get some opinions from some callers. Uh, do you like the idea that me and Alex are going to be working together? What do you think, guys, listeners? Call in and let us know. Okay. Well, I got a question good idea. for you, Alex. Huh? Okay. Okay. All right. How long does it take for a cycled tank to actually become stable enough to put, like, sensitive fish in, like clown loaches and, and fish like that? Well, in, in my opinion, I'd say it takes quite a while for a tank to become officially cycled. Um, if I had to guess, in my opinion, I would say it would take anywhere from four weeks to about a month for a tank to be fully cycled. But it would be a lot quicker if someone used um, already cycled filtration water, meaning taking a filter from one tank and putting it into your the tank you're going to be cycling and using beneficial bacteria. You could also um, use pre-existing tank water to help speed up the cycling. But it does take quite a while for a tank to cycle, even using pre-existing tank water and the beneficial bacteria in your filter. I'm a big fan of using Prime, and I really do like using Prime when I'm trying to quickly cycle an aquarium, but understand that it does take a while. 
So for me, if I was going to be cycling an aquarium, it would probably take me a good four weeks to fully cycle an aquarium, and I would wait about a month or a month and a half to even consider buying some of these sensitive species, and then I'd add them to this tank. So for me, a good month or a month and a half. So how long do you think it takes to cycle an aquarium, William? Well, I've done it uh, another way at times. I've actually purchased some live bacteria culture from, uh, can I plug Fosters and Smith? <laughs> I just did. Yeah, go ahead. Fosters, <laughs> doctors, Fosters and Smith, they got some really good prices on their products. And I buy live nitrifying bacteria. And, you know, I've always had a question about that product. How can live nitrifying bacteria survive without food in a container that's been on the shelf for quite a while. Now, I've even asked a, a friend of mine that that's in the fish hobby. He said, you know, that's a very good question, but actually I've used it, and I've put in this live nitrifying bacteria in the tank, and I've actually put fish in there right away. Now, this product claims that if you put nitrifying bacteria at the proper dosage today and then three days later and then seven days later, it will actually cycle your tank and get it done and stable within a week. Now, I've actually done that, and none of my fish have died from it. So, yeah, I've got uh, that way that I've done it when I was in a hurry for placing fish in a tank. Uh, you know, I'm an impatient guy. When I want fish, I want it now. And <laughs> that's how I've been doing it. And then another way is I've used household ammonia, and uh, I've cycled the tank within two weeks and put fish in there, and they survived. But the truth of the matter is, to make a tank seasoned, it takes a month or two, like you said. Very true. Well, my next question for you is going to be one that's going to be interesting to hear from my standpoint and certainly from my listener's standpoint. So how do you prepare for your awesome YouTube videos? Oh, that's a very good question, Alex. How do I prepare? Well, you know, I'm a, a crazy man, so what I do is I wait until I have a crazy moment, a little more crazy than normal. Uh, and I come up with an idea, and uh, I, I plan it out on paper, what I would like to say, uh, and then I go ahead and uh, shoot and cut and shoot and cut, and make the same video over and over again around five or six times, and then I pick the best one and actually upload it. But, like, to get... Uh, to prepare, the thought just comes to my mind of what I want to do in that particular video, and I also do some research to come up with new ideas, and uh, I uh, uh, try the research that I get, and I try to experience it for myself, and if it works, I pass on the information with a little bit of comedy behind it, and I'm probably the oldest man of 62 
in the fish community hobby that's actually doing YouTube videos in the fish community, and I do it with a little bit of humor. Now, I get a lot of dislikes. It's like some people out there on YouTube, and I get a lot of likes as well. So you're going to have your haters no matter who you are. But, yeah, that's how I prepare, Alex. Very good. I know you have, you've got a wonderful YouTube channel, and I'd like to recommend all my listeners check out William T. on YouTube. he got a channel called Hannah Pro Discus on YouTube, so definitely go subscribe to his great channel. Tell him Oscar Alex sent you. All right. Thank you for that plug, Alex. Appreciate it. Now, i got a, a question for you here that, uh, you know, a, a lot of people have uh, answered before in uh, pros and cons of this. And the, the question is, is colored gravel really okay for sub- substrate? I think so. I really don't see anything wrong with colored gravel in the aquarium hobby. I actually personally like the colored gravel. I like the red color and the blue color. However, I can understand where some fish keepers are coming from and the fact that colored gravel does not make your tank look natural. And I personally don't keep colored gravel unless I have to. Um, like sometimes in my area, the only free gra- free gravel on Craigslist happens to be colored gravel. Matter of fact, a lot of the free gravel for the aquariums that I find on Craigslist is always colored. Like it's a mixture of um, blue, white, black, and sometimes red. But colored gravel is pretty much the same thing as natural gravel. It's just colored. So there's no difference in it. It's not going to affect your fish's water or it's not going to affect the beneficial bacteria that live on the gravel or anything. So I'd say colored gravel is totally fine for the aquarium hobby. But if you're going for a more natural look, I wouldn't use colored gravel. I'd go with the natural um, gravel. But if you're going to be keeping colorful fish like discus and some of the angelfish or blue rams and fish that have lots of colors, I think that the colored gravel could actually make your colors pop out even more. For example, if you've got a Jack Dempsey and he's got blue, color, uh, blue gravel, that blue coloration is going to come out more because of the blue gravel. So I really think it is something to consider if you want your fish's colors to pop out more is to use colored gravel. How about you, William? What do you think about colored gravel as a substrate? Well, I was just wondering if we can agree to disagree here. Okay. What's, what's okay. your take on it? I I did a video on YouTube one time about belief system that I have that colored gravel, knowing that it's colored, actually leaches the coloration into the water over a period of time, and I believe it could actually affect the fish's longevity of life. Uh, now I've thought about this for many years because I used to use colored gravel because I thought it was very nice looking in a tank. Of course, uh, I was into all the coloration and adding decor, like sunken ships and all that, (laughs) and things like that when I was a newbie in the hobby. And I don't use those items anymore. I go for the biotopes and I go for the natural look. But I actually believe that when my gravel started to fade out, and actually go back and head towards a natural color, 
of the gravel that wasn't uh, painted or, or colored uh, was showing through. I said, where is that coloration going to? And the only answer I got was that it was going into the water and mixing in with the water column. So, no, I, I really don't believe in colored gravel. That's a good point. I never thought of it like that way. So you've got a good point there, and, and there's de- definitely certain pros and cons of using colored gravel. I personally myself like using the natural gravel because I like going for the natural biotope, biotopes, but you're right about them being some cons about the uh, colored gravel. Yeah, and I'm just wondering how true that is. Uh, it's just my belief system. I don't know if I'm a paranoid or not, but but I, I just don't want to <laughs> take any chance uh, with uh, affecting the longevity of my fish. So I don't use colored gravel anymore. I just feel better not using it. That's good. Good for your fish in the long run. It shows that you care for your fish. All right, so my next question for you is, is there a fish you want to keep but haven't had the chance to keep? Oh, that's a good question. I've been thinking it over recently, and there is a fish. It's a dwarf cichlid. It's actually the smallest cichlid in the world. It's called a Maltai, and uh, the Maltese are very, very small. Uh, They grow to about an inch to an inch and an eighth, and they're shell dwellers. And uh, you have to rig up uh, a 20-gallon tank, uh, with like four levels of shells, so that when they breed, the fry has a way to go and hide in these shells. And uh, they're they're not really a beautiful, beautiful fish. Uh, I like their behaviors. I like to observe these fish and watch how they actually perform as fish. They're very intelligent species of fish. For such a small fish, uh, they have such a great uh, brain uh, for such a small fish. Yeah, so the Maltese is a fish that I've been thinking about that I haven't had yet. Well, they only stay about an inch long. That's that's pretty small for a fish, but I'm glad you like them. Yeah, they're the smallest cichlid in the world. Like I said, it's their behavior. Of course, you have to have enough of them to see the community, how they work. Uh, how they work together, and uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, uh, so now I have a question for you, now, you know, you keep Oscars, and uh, I just want to know, from my own personal knowledge, what is the best food to feed Oscars? Well, I'll start off by saying certainly one of the worst foods to feed Oscars is feeder goldfish, and I said this a lot on the aquatic wetline. I know I sound like a broken record, but feeder goldfish are one of the worst things to feed Oscars because they've got no nutritional value for the fish, and we all know Oscars will eat pretty much anything. But I'd say the the best food to feed Oscars would be a high-quality cichlid pellet or cichlid stick like from New Life Spectrum or Hikari because the pellets pack a lot of good nutrients into the fish and 
I think pellets are one of the foods that Oscars really do like. Now, you could also feed earthworms and market shrimp, so I would have three candidates for the best food for Oscars. It'd be a good quality pellet. It'll be earthworms and market shrimp would be the the food that I would say is best for Oscars because market shrimp actually brings out the natural orange coloration in the Oscars, believe it or not. I wonder how many of you guys knew that, that market shrimp will bring out some of the best orange coloration in your Oscars. So that is great. So that is the best food I think I would feed Oscars is those pellets, earthworms, and market shrimp. Now, well, speaking of Oscars, huh? go ahead. You're welcome. Well, speaking of Oscars, I have my next question for you. Is there any way I can convince you to go into Oscars or other monster fish? Well, Alex, I don't know. I, I just asked you a question about what is the best food to feed Oscars, so that was some information that I wanted to know. So, now, by the end of this year, I should have a 125 or a 135-gallon aquarium. Then we'll see. Uh, I've thought about it, and, uh, yeah, there's a possibility I might get into an Oscar just because you had Oscars for such a long time, I want to find out what the hell it is you like so much about an Oscar. They're awesome. They've got a lot of great personality, and I think you're going to like an Oscar just as much as you like your discus. They're they're an awesome fish. Well, I want to. I'm probably going to find out. So, That's true. I'm looking forward to all it. All right, now. Here we go, Alex. For all the beginners out there, would you explain what carnivore, omnivore, and herbivore means? Sure. Carnivore is meat-eating fish. So that would be your fish like Oscars, Dolvi, and your predatory fish. So you want to feed carnivores. You want to feed carnivores a lot of meat and protein and give them some good diets. And, again, you want to avoid feeding feeder goldfish to your predatory fish. Omnivores are like humans. They eat both meat and vegetables. So with omnivores, you want to feed a good meat diet and a good vegetable diet, and um, they will love it. So make sure with omnivorous fish that you're providing a both meat and a, a vegetable diet to your fish. And herbivore is basically a vegetarian fish. These fish will eat vegetables. These would include the Placostomus, silver dollars, flagtail prochilotus, and a lot of tetras are vegetable eaters. So make sure that you provide a lot of vegetables to your fish that are herbivores and your fish will be happy. Now, they have some specific foods on the market designed for omnivores, carnivores, and herbivores. So make sure you stick to your gut and know what kind of eater your fish is. Obviously, if your fish is a carnivore, you don't want to be feeding a herbivore food because it's not getting a proper diet. It also can be said if your fish is a herbivore, you don't want to be feeding it a meat because it eats vegetables. So always keep that in mind. And I hope I got those right because I had to think for a little bit, William. 
Yeah, you got those right, I, I do believe. And uh, for all the beginners out there who actually want to know uh, what the difference is between those uh, three forms of fish, you've done a great job on explaining that. That's awesome. Well, my next question for you is a very controversial one, and I'm always interested to hear people's thoughts on this. And my next question for you is, what are your thoughts on hybrid fish? Oh, boy. Here we go. Now you got me going. <laughs> you pushed my button. You just pushed my button, <laughs> Alex. Why'd you do that? Anyways, let me go ahead and explain. All right. Personally, I don't believe in them. I don't believe this should exist. And the reason is because a lot of times they end up in the fish hobby messing with the gene pool of the purity of fish. Now, I believe sellers should always tell the buyer what the fish are. If they're hybrids, tell them they're hybrids and that they should actually keep them for self-satisfaction and that if they ever bred them, if, in fact, they will breed, and they sell them to friends and neighbors, they, in turn, should also tell them that they're hybrids, too. But a lot of times they end up messing with the gene pool, and that could actually mess up the purity of the fish out there in the fish hobby. Now, I'm sure... Then in a while, occasionally, two species of fish will breed and create hybrids within the natural environment. But I don't know how often we actually get hybrids harvested and put into the fish-keeping hobby from the fishers that get these fish. I, I've never really heard of it, but I'm sure that there are some fish out there in the wild that think, wow, a wild piece right here, I better get some. Uh, but, uh, no, I don't really believe in hybridization. Uh, I, now, the flower horns, they're pretty uh, looking fish, uh, but I think they have problems in longevity of life. Uh, they're probably confused on what they are. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so... That's my opinion about hybridization. It's a good opinion, and I share the same opinion as you. I feel that hybrids don't belong in the aquarium hobby, and I've got various reasons for that. So if any of my live listeners wanted to know why I feel that hybrids don't belong in the hobby, you can go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash aquaalex and listen to my show from this Saturday, this past Saturday, where I discussed why I feel the hybrids don't belong in the aquarium hobby. Or you can download that episode on Stitcher Radio or iTunes. So that was a great answer, William. I really do agree with it. Okay, thank you. And uh, I have one more question here for you before halftime. <laughs> like the playing football here, halftime. Uh, what size aquarium <laughs> is really suitable to breed oscars? Great question, William. Now, any oscars, or any time someone wanted to keep oscars more than one, or 
two or more Oscars, I'd say the best size aquarium would be a six-foot aquarium. So for breeding Oscars, I would say a 125-gallon aquarium would probably be significant, or you could even go to 150 or 180. So a best size aquarium to breed Oscars would be a six-foot aquarium would be best because we know Oscars get big, and any fish that breeds is going to get aggressive. And certainly I would go with the six-foot aquarium to breed Oscars. However, I have read and have heard that it's really hard to breed Oscars because the male will beat the crap out of the female during breeding. And um, it really is hard to breed Oscars. But if you're really serious in breeding Oscars, I'm pretty sure you can get it done. I'm possibly thinking about trying to breed Oscars, but I know I probably won't get it right. But if you were going to try breeding Oscars, I'd say get a 125-gallon tank or a bigger 6-foot tank. Isn't a 125 a six-foot tank? Yes, sir. 125 is a six-foot tank. Okay, that sounds good to me. Okay, thank so you for answering that okay. question. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Now, we're just saying that a 150 and 180s are six-foot tanks, too, but they're just a little bit taller than a 125. Oh, okay. Awesome. All right, well, we're going to take a commercial break here on the Aquatic Wetline. We've got, we're having a fantastic show tonight on the Aquatic Wetline. I'm so happy this has been a great show thus far. Really, really do, I really am loving this show. I can't even pronounce the words right. I'm so happy. All right, coming up next, Oscar Alex and Discus Man William T. will continue with our wonderful questions, and we're going to have a general discussion. If you have any questions, you can go ahead and call in at one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two and you can join our chat. That's one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. This commercial break is being sponsored by Hikari, Sales USA, School of Fish Inc., the International Aquatic Association, Aquatics Euphoria, Dakota Aquatics Plus, Epiphany USA, Jambox, and the Alice Cardinelli Talk Show. We're back with more after a quick word from our sponsor, so stick around. Hikari offers a wide selection of aquatic diets to help you and your fishy friend find success. With more than 137 years of aquatic experience, Hikari was the originator of species-specific diets long before others thought it was important or trendy and the first to bring unique products to fish keepers like algae wafers, the world's first diet specifically formulated for Picosinus, micropellets, the world's first micro-coated aquatic diet for tropical fish, Saki Ikari, the world's first probiotic-enhanced diet for koi, goldfish, cichlid, and now turtles, and Biopure, the world's cleanest and most nutrition-packed frozen and freeze-dried foods, industry trendsetters when they were first introduced. When you're looking for the best aquatic diets your hard-earned money can buy for your aquatic pets, look no further than Hikari. Your fish and your wallet will be forever grateful. School of Fish, Inc. offers everything an aquarium hobbyist in western Massachusetts needs. We offer the best of livestock from freshwater to saltwater and everything in between. We also have the best corals and live rock. 
School of Fish, Inc. carries the best brands of fish food, medications, and equipment such as Hikari, Tetra, Marineland, API, and much more. Stop by and check us out today. School of Fish, Inc. located at 1865 Page Boulevard, Springfield, Massachusetts. And we can be reached at 413-543-1994. We're open Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Closed Tuesdays. Check out School of Fish, Inc. That's School of Fish, I-N-C, on Facebook for exclusive deals, specials, and see what's new. Fish Geeks is an online Facebook fish group that is dedicated to the aquarium hobby. We have thousands of members who all love this aquarium hobby. All of our members are a fish geek one way or another. If you are serious about this hobby and love fish, then come join our group on Facebook You Fish Geek. Type in the search bar on Facebook Fish Geeks and click join. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Do you need advice on planted tanks? Do you need advice on community tanks? Do you need advice on cichlids? Do you need advice on discuss? Well, get over to the IAA channel now! We can help you with planted tanks, saltwater tanks, community tanks, filtration, DIY, lighting, dosing, CO2, discus, angelfish, German blue rams, African cichlids, and any other community fish. Subscribe to the IAA channel today! Thank you, IAA! Aquatic Seaphoria, a podcast about fish all things fish and everything fish. Let William T. and his co-hosts dive deep into your tank and come up with a great fish species topic for a great show. Check out Aquatic Seaphoria today for an enjoyable fish show. William T. and his co-hosts do it all. Salt water, fresh water, and yes, plants and even speckled on other interesting topics. Surf over there, right after this wonderful show here on Blog Talk Radio. Dakota Aquatics Plus is the next best Dakota Aquatics Plus is the next best aquarium keeping show here on Blog Talk Radio. Your host of this show, Andrew will dive deep into the topics of freshwater and saltwater fish, reptiles, and other pets. Dakota Aquatics Plus is live every Saturday and is a show that you will enjoy. So check Andrew out. Blogtalkradio.com forward slash Dakota Aquatics Plus. Did you know that William T. has a new podcast on Blog Talk Radio? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, kids. Teens and in-betweens. Epiphany is a podcast about revelations, sudden awarenesses and innuendos. William T. will discuss topic by topic, week by week or maybe day by day. You never know with William T. This podcast is controversial at best, interesting at least. Come join William T. at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash epiphany USA. Come hear what all the hype is about. William T. slam dunks his attitude with rants, 
political slurs about governmental blunders, world events and where this world is headed from a revelational point of view. See if this podcast don't grab your fancy. Come on. What are you waiting for? Come sit beside William T. and take part in a podcast that promises to be inviting, action-packed and just plain crazy at times. Come hear some senseless jargon and an attitude from the shrewd dude from South Carolina. The old man of mayhem, William T. Come on be brave and go there right now. Well, wait until this show is over first though. Hey, listeners of the Aquatic Wetline, this here is Alex Cardinelli, and I'm inviting you to be a part of my talk show, The Alex Cardinelli Show. On The Alex Cardinelli Show, we talked about everything from current news, to sports, to current events, to dogs, to politics, to everything you can imagine. So come join us at The Alex Cardinelli Show. We are live Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, we are live Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern, and we are live Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern. The Oscar Noise Show airs three days a week, Tuesday, Friday, and Sunday, with Friday being our current news episode, and Tuesday and Sunday will be our fun shows where we'll discuss anything and everything and have a fun guest on the show. So come check out the Alice Cardinelli Show on Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com forward slash crazy Alex Talks. Come on, come on, you know you want to be a part of this great talk show, so I'll see you at the Alice Cardinelli Show, blogtalkradio.com forward slash crazy Alex Talks. Choosing guitar accessories can be expensive and time-consuming, but it doesn't have to be. Jambox will deliver the necessities right to your front door. Jambox is great for players of any age and all experience levels. Try new brands, new products, and get your jam on. Order a Jambox today at www.jamboxcanada.ca. Hey, live listeners of the Aquatic Wetline. Did you know you can call in live right now to ask any fish questions or join tonight's fish chat? Just simply dial 1-347-989-8142. You may ask any fish questions you might have or chat with us about tonight's subject. You can also ask our guests any questions you might have as well. So go ahead and call in 1-347-989-8142. Please go to a quiet location and turn off the speaker on your phone. Please wait until we see your call and bring you live. So go ahead and call in 1-347-989-8142. Give us a holla if you hear us. You are now tuned in to the one and only Fish Keeping Podcast on Blog Talk Radio that started it all.
With over 100 episodes, the Aquatic Wetline has something for you. What is Alex going to discuss next? Let's get back to the show to find out. Remember, you can call in anytime at 1347 989 8142. Now, back to Aqua Alex. And we're back here live on the Aquatic Wetline. And tonight we're doing our fifth episode of Fish Keepers United. And I've got a wonderful guest on the show tonight. For the first time in months, Discus Man William T. is reuniting with the Aquatic Wetline. And before commercial break, me and Discus Man William T. were asking each other questions. And we've got, we had a wonderful caller. Now you can call in at 1-347-989-8142 with any questions you have for us or answer our questions as well. All right, so now that we're back here on the Aquatic Wetline, let's go ahead and continue our fun fish questions for each other. And, William, my next question for you is, what is your favorite show that we have done together in the past? Oh, that's not a hard one to answer. Uh, Actually, it was the very first show that I was on Aquatic Wetline, the one where I talked about my discus fish with the love and admiration that I felt for these fish. And uh, the same show that uh, your then co-host, James Jones, uh, grilled me a little bit on the discus fish that I appreciated. Uh, that made me actually get into more research and become better at caring and raising discus fish. So, yeah, that was the show that uh, was my favorite. Now, I got a question for you. I'm going to follow this one with this okay. one. How many severums can you comfortably house in a 55-gallon aquarium? Well, for me, I would say you can comfortably house one severum in a 55-gallon aquarium because severums will grow anywhere from 9 to 12 inches, but you certainly could keep one severum in a 55-gallon aquarium. Now, there are some severums that only grow to be about 8 to 9 inches, and for those, you can do two in a 55-gallon aquarium. But the, the common ones, like the green severum and the gold severum, are going to reach anywhere from 9 to 12 inches, and I recommend one severum in a 55-gallon aquarium. However, like I said earlier, there are some smaller-growing severums, like the rock gill severum, which only grows to be around 8 inches, and you can probably have two of them in a 55-gallon aquarium. And I personally would, would recommend you keep a severum because they're actually a very nice liquid. They're almost like a, a discus and an angelfish combined in a triangular liquid so to speak, because severums are like a discus and angelfish for those who have Oscars and things like that, because they can keep a severum with Oscars because they're mild-mannered. So I personally like severums, too. Well, I know you do, because uh, I've seen videos on YouTube of your severums, which actually got me interested in the severums, and uh, I actually have been thinking about the severums. So thanks for the answer. 
to that question. Now, uh, I appreciate the answer. I really do. Thank you. You're welcome. Hopefully you'll get one. I'll be, I'll be very happy if you get a set of them. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, my next question for you is probably going to be a dream question for you, but if you were to open a fish store, what would you stock inside your fish store? Oh, yeah, only in my dreams. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> the number one fish that I would stock would be the discus, of course, because with a name like Discus Man William T., discus would have to be there. And it would mainly be a discus store. Uh, it would be uh, with the discus supplies, uh, the type of tank mates that I would recommend for the discus tank. I would handle uh, the recommended filters like the sponge filters and uh, probably the aqua clear hang on top filters with filter cartridges and media and uh, all the medications that would treat discus in their tank mates for certain diseases and parasites. And uh, eventually, as if I was to have the store and it actually made money, I would slowly add more and more uh, possible tank mates uh, that I found that would be able to be housed with discus. And I would also like to get into angels, uh, which, you know, <laughs> I still don't recommend mixing angels with discus. All right. Now, I've, I've had people say they've comfortably done it. Now, I've got actually right now at the present time, I have one angelfish in with my discus, and they're getting along fine. However, there is an occasional tussle. Okay. But the angelfish has nothing to protect, and he has nothing to lose, so he doesn't get uh, aggressive. Now, when I had that same angel in the other tank with the other five angels that I do have, he got picked on really bad from, by the other five angels. So that's the reason why I took him out. Uh, to rescue him and put him in with the discus. That's the only reason why he's in there. But I found out that it's working out great. But I still don't recommend putting a pair, a possible pair, or a colony of angel in with discus. Now, I know you believe that angels and discus can live in harmony. Uh, you've mentioned that once before. But let's agree to disagree on that one. Sure, we can agree to disagree on that one. Okay, now, uh, what are your f favorite tank mates for Oscars, Alex? Great question, William. Uh, my favorite tank mates for Oscars would have to be five tank mates, so. I'm going to go ahead and list you my five favorite tank mates for Oscars. The first one would be a fish I mentioned earlier in the show, and that was Severum Cichlid. I think Severums are a great tank mate for um, Oscars. My second favorite tank mate for Oscars 
would be another favorite fish of mine, the silver dollars. I like silver dollars. A third favorite tank mate for Oscars would be uh, sun catfish. Believe it or not, sun catfish are one of my favorite catfish of all time, and they come from Asia. And a lot of these sun catfish are actually bred in a farm, fish farm, tropical fish farm. And I'm actually going to be doing a show on sun cats here in the future on the aquatic wetline. My fourth favorite tank mate for um, Oscars would be the common Pocostomus, or any Pocostomus for that matter, including the fancy plecos and sometimes even the larger bristlenose plecos. And my fifth and final tank mate for Oscars that would be considered my favorite would probably be a Jack Dempsey cichlid, even though some Jack Dempseys can be quite aggressive. I've had no problems keeping Jack Dempseys with my Oscars, but um, it could be done and it can't be done, depending on what fish keepers say. I know 50% of the fish keepers think Jack Dempseys are too aggressive to be kept with Oscars, but I have done it and a few other fish keepers have kept Dempsey's with Oscars, and I might try it again someday, but who knows? I love Oscars, and I love Jack Dempsey. So that was a great question, William. So thank you very much for asking me that one. Yeah, I believe uh, the best way to introduce fish that are usually aggressive towards one another is to introduce them to the tank as juveniles or a little younger than juveniles, so they can actually grow together and get used to one another and to actually become compadres in the tank. Don't you agree with that? Yes, sir, I agree 100% with you on that, so they they can become best pals and get along for life, hopefully. Yeah. Okay, now... uh, that was a very good answer, Alex, and, and that was a very good statement that I made, by the way. <laughs> I was surprised you even thought of it. <laughs> You're welcome, sir. Now, let's get off topic for a minute here. Who do you have in your fish room as buddies? Oh, my buddy. Oh, you bring it up, my buddy Tanner, my cat. Uh, let me tell you a little story about Tana, how I acquired this beautiful little kitten. Uh, one day, it was raining, and the yard was muddy, and my son opened up the door, and believe it or not, they're standing there, or lay, sitting there, actually, in a ball, all muddy and wet and hungry and looking like a, 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 a really depressed kitten was Tanner. He was just sitting there. My son came in and said, you know what, Dad, there's a a little kitten outside our door all wet and muddy and hungry and cold. And I said, bring him in. And I looked at him, and I fell in love with him right away. And he has been such a wonderful fish room buddy. He loves me to death. I love him to death. And we get along just great. Yeah, that's my fish room buddy, my kitten Tanner. He's awesome. I've seen him on uh, your YouTube channel. I love your kitten Tanner. He's a, such a cutie pie. Yeah, he loves to try to uh, touch the fish through the glass of the aquarium. He gets um, uh, amused for long periods of time during the day uh, looking at the fish. He loves them. 
Now, uh, Alex, as an Oscar man that you are, what is your dream tank set up? Tell, uh, you know, uh, what is your dream tank set up? Great question, William. For me, I personally would love to have a 300-gallon aquarium. And in this 300-gallon aquarium, I have like five or six Oscars, some of my favorite sewer dollars of all time, which would be the Wide Bar Mylish Shumbaki Black Bar Sewer Dollars, or also known as Giant Black Bar Sewer Dollars. I have a couple of Sevrums and maybe some freshwater stingrays. So that would be my dream Oscar tank, and maybe I can have an angelfish or two in there. But that would be my dream Oscar tank setup, a 300-gallon aquarium. But I certainly would need a much bigger house than I'm living in right now because I don't think um, my house would handle a 300-gallon aquarium. But I definitely, definitely would love a 300-gallon aquarium with, Oscars, I'd have black sand, and I have some driftwood, and I have a lot of filtration on it and a lot of lighting on it. And it'd probably be like my show tank. It'd be the tank that I put in my big radio show room where I do my radio shows and my YouTube channels. So that'd be great. I'd love a 300-gallon Oscar tank. Wow, that's a good dream there, Alex. You know, uh, you know you're a young man, and you never know you might end up with a 300-gallon tank one of these days. And I want to be so proud of you if you do. I know. I hope I can get a 300-gallon tank sometime soon. I'm still young, so it could happen any day now. But what what would be your dream tank, William? I'm just curious to find out. Well, actually, my dreams are rather small. Right now, uh, as you know, uh, we're in the same boat. We're rather poor people, and uh, we can really dream. But a realistic dream for me would be to get that 135-gallon tank that I tried to get last year or the year before, 2013, and wasn't able to get it shipped to me uh, um, at the time because uh, the first just couldn't ship it to this rural address. Well, I have to find another source, but it would be the 135-gallon tank because I do believe my floor in my spare room could actually handle a 135-gallon tank, and that would make it one of the most amazing discus community tanks uh, that I've ever seen, along with decor and driftwood and uh, substrate and plants. Uh, Yeah, that would be my dream tank. Sounds wonderful. Now, my next question for for you is a question that I know some of our listeners are going to be interested in, and that is, what is your tip for someone who wants to join YouTube as a fish keeper since you've got a wonderful YouTube channel? Well, uh, my answer to that is actually to go for it. Now, what you do is you figure out your niche, what it is you really want to do videos of, you know, what what it is that interests you the most and what you want to present. If it's fish, join the fish community under Pets and Animals and create pet videos uh, of whatever pets you may have. Uh, 
get some great video content going in your videos. Uh, you know, think about what people might really want to see, not what you want to see, but what they might want to see, and uh, learn search engine optimization on how to optimize your YouTube channel. And one source for this good information is a channel on YouTube called M.A. Fish Guy. Now, he just put out some videos on search engine optimization. Go check out those videos. Determine whether you really want to get into YouTube. And then go for it. That's all I got to say. Just go for it. Start out a small. You might be camera shy at first. So you could just show uh, videos of your pets or uh, whatever project you're doing and not be in the video yourself until you get more comfortable with it. And then slowly put yourself in front of the camera so people can see what you look like. Now, that's Those are some my, great tips, William, and I definitely agree with you. That's my tips. So, my question to you, Alex, would you ever consider keeping discus, and why or why not? Oh, yeah, certainly. I definitely consider keeping discus at some point. I actually like the colors of discus. I'm actually considering keeping them really, really good. Um, but first, I would do lots of research on discus because I don't want to get into something or I don't want to bite more than I can chew. But I definitely am considering keeping discus. I definitely would keep discus. I'd probably get a 75-gallon aquarium just for discus, and I'd do a discus-only tank, maybe with some Hermione's tetras and some uh, bristle-nose fleckles in there. But I would keep some discus. I like the wild discus. I also like the blue and red turquoise discus and the candy apple discus and some of the pigeon blood discus. I've, I've learned a lot about discus since meeting you. I've been doing a lot of research on discus, and they are a fish that I am going to keep at some time in this fish-keeping hobby. They're one of those fish that I have in my to-do list, just like saltwater. So in the future, I will get to my to-do list, and I will keep discus, and I'm going to enjoy keeping discus, and they're going to be something that is going to be a treat for me to keep because discus are one of those fish that a lot of people like. And a lot of people really do enjoy discus, and when you've, when you've got the time to keep discus and you've got the money to keep discus, you really are going to enjoy the discus, discus hobby, and I can't wait to get there. Very good. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, you made me actually uh, uh, proud of you for thinking uh, that you just might get into the discus fish. And hopefully in the future, when you get ready for it, that I might be able to be the one to either give you some or sell you some really inexpensively. I'd definitely be honored if you would do that. I'm actually thinking about doing the discus sooner than than later, but make sure I do my research first and have the proper sized aquarium for discus. My dream would be able to have an Oscar tank, a discus tank, and a saltwater tank all in the same house, so hopefully that will be true for me. Oh, very good. Sounds interesting and great. I know, it sounds like it'd be great for, for my uh, subscribers on my YouTube channel as well. Yeah. Awesome. 
So we're going to go off topic for the rest of the show now. And I want to talk about your brand new podcast that I co-host on Tuesdays. And I really am enjoying myself on this podcast. But I want all my listeners of Aquatic Wetline to hear about this new podcast. So, William, tell my listeners about your new podcast called Epiphany USA. What is it about and how did you come up with the name? Oh, well, Epiphany USA uh, is a name that I actually uh, began to use it in the sense of sudden awareness of things, sudden revelations, uh, sudden thought processes going on in my mind. Uh, and a, a it's like when a light goes off, they say, oh, I just realized something. And then you do a podcast about it uh, on Epiphany USA. So the word Epiphany is actually a Greek word, and it was originally used to represent a Christian festival observed on January 6th, commemorating the manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles in the persons of the Magi. And... uh, you know, it, and the meaning of it, in another sense, is an appearance or manifestation, especially of deity. Okay, now, the third meaning of epiphany is a sudden intuitive perception or of or insight into the reality or central meaning of something, usually initiated by some simple, homely, or commonplace occurrence or experience. Now, number four meaning of this word is a literary work or section of a work presenting, usually symbolically, such a moment of revelation and insight. An epiphany from the ancient Greek word epithania is a manifestation, which means manifestation, striking appearance, is an experience of sudden and striking realization. Generally, the term is used to describe scientific breakthrough, religious or philosophical discoveries, but it can apply in any situation in which an enlightening realization allows a problem or situation to be understood from a new and deeper perspective. Epiphanies are studied by psychologists and other scholars, particularly those attempting to study the process of innovation. Okay, now, epiphanies are relatively rare occurrences and generally follow a process of significant thought about a problem. Often, they are triggered by a new and key piece of information, but importantly, a depth of prior knowledge is required to allow the leap of understanding. So, some famous epiphanies include uh, Archimedes' discovery of a method to determine the density of an object, Eureka, and Isaac Newton's realization that a falling apple and the orbiting moon are both pulled by the same force. Now, uh, 
why I use the word epiphany, because I always take a subject that I know about, and I go further in depth on the subject and talk more about that particular topic in a, in a more deep sense. And our shows on Tuesday night uh, are, is going to be a fantastic show. Like, for instance, uh, this coming Tuesday, we're going to be talking about the drug situation in the United States and the sudden realization that the war on drugs is not working. And we're going to talk about why not. And that's a sudden revelation of an old problem with a new thought process about it. Now, Alex, tell us about your new podcast, The Alex Cardinelli Show. Awesome question and great answer to your Epiphany USA show. I learned a lot about the word Epiphany, so thank you very much for that. You're welcome, Alex. I I, I really thought that I should mention all that I did. Awesome. So now I'll tell you about my new talk show called the Alex Cardinelli Show. And the Alex Cardinelli Show was started back in November of 2014. And the reason I started the Alex Cardinelli Show was because I wanted to create a different show where I can talk about anything and everything. And because the Aquatic Wetline is a fish-keeping show, I'm only limited to talking about anything doing with aquarium hobby or tropical fish. So I want to do an actual talk show where I can talk about anything and everything from current events to news to sports to politics, even though I don't, do, I don't do much politics, to cooking and everything in between. So I figured I'd do my own talk show, and I was struggling to come up with a name. But then I saw a TV show and a radio show with someone's first and last name, so I figured... I'll do my own show, and I'll call it the Alice Cardinelli Show. And to this day, it's a very successful show. It's starting off very well. I'm already getting um, 40 to 50 listeners per each show, which is pretty good considering that I'm only two months old now. And I've um, really am enjoying it. I've got some loyal listeners like Slash Master 1989 Jeff and some others who really enjoy the show. I'm about to reach my 50th episode of my talk show, believe it or not, probably in March or early April, but I'll be having my 50th episode of the talk show. I've had some wonderful guests already on my talk show, and I'm going to be having some more wonderful episodes of the Alice Cardinelli Show. And coming up this Friday on the Alice Cardinelli Show, live Friday, February 13th at 8 p.m. Eastern, I'm going to be doing a Cooking with Alice Cardinelli Show, and I'll be talking about Valentine's Day recipes, where you guys can get some great recipes for your Valentine, uh, your Valentine's date or your Valentine's Day dinner, live Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern on the Alice Cardinelli Show. And yes, I did retire the Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show so that I could do a series on the Alice Cardinelli Show. And Friday, we're going to do a Valentine's Day-themed Cooking the Alice Cardinelli Show packed with recipes. And you can listen to that show by going to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Crazy Alex Talks. Now, William, what is the link to your Epiphany USA podcast for our listeners to check out? What's the what? 
the the link the web the, the website for them to go to? Oh, it's actually www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Epiphany USA, spelled E P I P H A N Y U S A, and that's how you get to the Epiphany USA podcast. And don't forget now, Alex. I also have the Aquatic Euphoria uh, podcast, which is also the same beginning with Aquatic Euphoria after the forward slash. And I also have one more podcast that I do occasionally, but I got some good podcasts on there right now. It's called Jesus is the Word. Now that shows you I'm actually a Christian, I believe in Jesus, I love Jesus very much, and I've got to mention my Lord, because if it wasn't for the Lord, me and Alex wouldn't have gotten back together. So, thank Jesus for telling me what to do. And, uh, thank Alex, you, Jesus. uh, huh? Thank you, Jesus, thank for making you. us get back together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what he wants, a little bit of thanks. But anyways... Now, I know uh, that Saturday Night Live is going to be a great show. Uh, I'm just wondering uh, if it's all right if I bring some comedy to the show. Oh, yeah, definitely. I love comedy because comedy is, is great for a talk show, so bring all the comedy you can. Okay, I'll bring whatever I got. <laughs> Probably a little bit of sick humor, but I'll try to be clean and fun at the same time. <laughs> so uh, what would you like to talk about, Alex, right now? Sure. How about we talk about your, your podcast, The Quaxiphoria? I know it's been around for a while, but how did The Quaxiphoria come about? Uh, well, A Quaxiphoria actually was inspired by you, Alex, and uh, the Aquatic Wetline. Uh, because when I was on the show, uh, in the beginning of this show tonight, you asked me what show that I liked the best that I did on Aquatic Wetline, and I told you it was the very first show that I did on Aquatic Wetline, and which it was talking about my discus. So you inspired me to create a radio podcast uh, show here on Blog Talk Radio uh, following the original starter of these fish podcasts on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, I, I believe it was you that started the original freshwater fish podcast on Blog Talk Radio. And then... Uh, I followed along, I got mine, and then you have another so-called competitor because of your inspiration and mine that the ball kept rolling, and now we have another podcast about reptiles that has joined the list of podcasts that we're associated with and that we're friends with, and uh, uh, it, it just grows grown from there. I've got some wonderful guests coming up each Saturday. I've been having wonderful guests each and every Saturday 
for about three months now. Uh, you've actually taught me how to find guests, get guests to be on my show. You taught me a lot how to have a show. And one of the things that we discussed during our uh, no-holds-barred match uh, between you and I when we split up <laughs> was uh, you said that I was using you to learn how to have a radio show. Well, the truth of the matter was, as I was, but not in a negative sense. I was doing it in a positive sense uh, because you're so inspirational on how to do it. And like for a year and a half that I've known you, uh, I actually inspired you to become better yourself. So we actually actually helped each other uh, to improve. And now uh, I'm doing quite well because of you. And I appreciate you. And uh, I didn't want to leave us hanging like it was after our uh, falling out. And I knew I had to apologize and get back with you, even though we were both equally wrong for what we did. But, yeah, I'm so glad I have a aquatics euphoria. I'm so glad that you also, after leaving aquatic wetline some time ago, that you went back to it and reestablished aquatic wetline and uh, become more popular than ever. It was a great move. Uh, to actually shut it down for a while, uh, it lets you know how many people were actually interested in it and convinced you to go back. And I even convinced you to go back, didn't I? Yes, you did, sir, and I'm very thankful for that. And I'm also very thankful that we got back together just now because I missed having you on the Aquatic Wetline show. I'm very proud that we're back as friends now. We're going to be awesome again. Yes, we are. And uh, I think uh, the listeners may learn to like us together on these nights that we're going to have our shows and podcasts. And uh, I'm looking forward to working with you on a more uh, close uh, situation on our podcast. It's going to be awesome. And our listeners can check us out on Tuesdays on Epiphany USA, Wednesdays right here on the Aquatic Wetline, and Saturdays on the Alice Cardinelli Show. Tuesdays will be 6 p.m. Eastern on the Epiphany USA. Uh, Wednesdays will be 8 p.m. Eastern here on the Aquatic Wetline. And Saturdays will be at 8 p.m. Eastern on the Alice Cardinelli Show. So three great days and three great opportunities for you, the listeners, to get to know me and William T. better. Right, William? Right. And uh, to bring up something that you spoke about a little while ago, when you was explaining how the Alice Cardinelli show started and how you come up with the name, you know, the Alice Cardinelli show does sound good. It actually has a ring to it. But when I thought about the William Hannaford talk show, it just didn't sound good. You know, the William Hannaford talk show, uh, it, it doesn't have a ring to it like the Alice Cardinelli show. Uh, it sounds like more like you're a celebrity, and I'm just some uh, bum <laughs> trying to make a radio show. But but uh, no, William true. T. William T. is what I go by. That's my handle, and uh, everybody likes it now. And I got my particular handle 
on my YouTube videos, and it goes like this. This is me, William T. Now, that has a ring to it. Everybody liked that. This is me, William T. from Hanfro Discus. I've had a lot of people tell me they were upset when I changed my name to Hannah Pro Aquariums because it just didn't have that ring when I said, this is me, William T., from Hannah Pro Aquariums. And for something about that word discus in there that made people uh, stand up and take notice at the word Hannah Pro Discus because it was like saying Pro Discus. It could mean two things. I'm Pro Discus. Uh, I mean, I like discus or professional discus. That was also part of the ring to it. So, yeah, there are some words that go together, and there are just some words that don't go together. So William Hannaford, uh talk show, just wasn't one of those words that go together. So I'm trying to get with you on coming up with a name that has a ring to it uh, to change my aquatic euphoria name into something including aquatic euphoria, but also can be used for a talk show as well. I like I like the name of uh, the William T. Talk Show. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah, the William T. Talk Show. We'll see. That yeah, sounds pretty we'll good. It has a little ring to it. All right. And don't forget what our show is going to be about on Tuesday. I know you're going to bring a lot of information uh, because you have some firsthand knowledge of the drug situation in your neighborhood, like a lot of neighborhoods in America, and you're going to bring some information to the show. And I want our listeners to listen to this show. It's going to be a good show, action-packed show, about, and I'm also going to include some information about the war on drugs as far as uh, the governmental issue with the war on drugs, uh, going to Columbia and places like that, and also the local law enforcement war on drugs, how that has become so corrupted. So stay tuned on Tuesday night for such an action-packed show such as this. Awesome. I can't wait for it. This has been a, a great show tonight. I want to thank you for being such a great uh, guest tonight. Well, you're welcome. And uh, I was honored to be here. And uh, I appreciated being on the show tonight. And I actually had a good time. I did, too. We, we did awesome. We're, we're great together as a team. And tonight's show proves it. Yes, it does. And I want to thank all, all right, this so for tuning into this show. Awesome. So we're going to go ahead and take our final commercial break. When we come back, I have some um, news for us, including our show for next Wednesday that William and I are going to do. So we'll be right back with some news and announcements, and we'll wrap up this great show after our final commercial break. Do you own a local fish store in your area? Do you own an online aquarium shop? Well, contact Aquatic Wetline at Outlook.com and get yourself a radio commercial advertising your business. The Aquatic Wetline is heard by over 200 people for each episode, so get your name out there. Please contact Aquatic Wetline at Outlook.com. So... We can advertise your business. We advertise fish stores, aquarium shops, 
YouTube channels, and anything in the freshwater and saltwater fish keeping hobby. So, if you're interested in advertising your business, please contact us, Aquatic Wetline, at, um, and we will prepare you with an awesome commercial for this show. Aquatic Wetline is now on iTunes. You can download any of our archived episodes on iTunes. You can listen to any of our past episodes on your ride to work or your long ride on vacation. Simply go to the podcast section of iTunes and search for Aquatic Wetline to find us. Enjoy. like your topical fish question answered live on our Fish Keepers United Question and Answer? Then send all of your tropical fish questions to aquaticwetline at outlook.com. You can ask any freshwater or saltwater questions you have. We look forward to answering your questions. So submit them to aquaticwetline at outlook.com. No question is too dumb. We'll answer them all. So send them in right now. like your fish questions answered live on our February Fish Keepers question and answer? Well, email your questions to aquaticwetline at outlook.com. That's aquaticwetline at outlook.com. You might ask any freshwater or saltwater questions you have. Or you can also tweet your questions to at alexcardinelli1. That's Alex Cardinelli one on Twitter, and Cardinelli is spelled Cardinal with an E at the end. Or you can also message me your questions on Facebook. My Facebook account is Alex Cardinelli. I hope to answer your questions on the February Q&A live Thursday, February 26th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Get your questions in right now. AquaticWetLineNetwork.com. Alice Cornelli one or Alice Cornelli on Facebook. Would you like to be a guest on the Fish Keepers United series? This series has become very successful after our first four episodes. I love interviewing fish keepers. So, if you're a fish keeper and you're interested in asking Aqua Alex questions, and you're interested in Aqua Alex asking you questions, please contact Aqua Alex so you can be booked on the Fish Keepers United series. Contact Aqua Alex at aquaticwetline at outlook.com. That's aquaticwetline 
at Outlook.com, or you can message him on his personal Facebook account, Aqua Alex Cardinelli on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you on Fish Keepers United. Hey, fish heads, get ready because on my 150th episode of the Aquatic Wetline, I'm going to have prizes just for you. That's right. On the 150th episode of the Aquatic Wetline, Oscar Alex has prizes for you. You, the listeners of the Aquatic Wetline, can win prizes. So make sure you tune in and listen to every episode of the Aquatic Wetline leading up to our 150th episode. Because on our 150th episode, you, yes you, could win a prize. I'm going to have tons of prizes from me and also from my sponsor, Ikari Sales USA. So you can win some fish food, filters, and things for your aquarium fish. So stick around. Our 150th episode is right around the corner, and I can't wait to award you some prizes. So make sure you listen to the Aquatic Wetline right here on Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com forward slash aquaelle. Okay, we're back here live on the Aquatic Wetline, and we've had a fantastic show tonight. And before we end the show, I've got a couple of announcements to make. And the first announcement is that next Wednesday, William T. will be returning as co-host here on the Aquatic Wetline. And next Wednesday, February 18th, at 8 p.m. Eastern, William and I are going to be discussing the famous freshwater disease known as Ick. And I've been battling Ick lately now, but I successfully defeated Ick. And next Wednesday, we're going to tell you, the listeners, how you can defeat Ick. So I'm looking forward to that show next Wednesday. Aren't you, William? Yes, I'm looking forward to it very much. It's going to be a great show, so make sure you join us next Wednesday as we talk about the freshwater disease known as Zick and how to cure it. Well, tomorrow night here on the Aquatic Wetline, I've got my favorite series, and that's going to be Oscar's Cichlid Keepers Hour. And tomorrow, I'm going to be talking talking about raising baby Oscar cichlids. And if you're interested in keeping Oscars, maybe you want to go out and buy a baby Oscar, then tune into the Aquatic Wetline tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern. If I tell you how you can raise a baby Oscar cichlid, that's going to be a fantastic show. I know you're going to like it. That's tomorrow live, 8 p.m. Eastern, Thursday, February 12th at 8 p.m. Eastern. I'll tell you how to raise baby Oscar cichlids. So going to be a fantastic show. Well, William... I want to thank you for being a great guest. I think you did a fantastic job. Thank you very much, sir, and uh, you're welcome uh, for uh, thanking me for being on your show. And I want to tell you that I'm looking forward to our work together, and I'm going to really be enjoying it. 
Me too. I always enjoy having you on the show, and I always enjoy being on your show. So I am really looking forward to us working together as co-host and host again. Great. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to this great show. If you really did enjoy the show, please go ahead and share it on your Facebook account, your Twitter account, and your Google Plus account. And don't forget to check us out on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. With that being said, thank you for listening to tonight's episode of the Aquatic Wetline. And today's episode will also be posted on my YouTube channel called Aqua Alex, so youtube.com forward slash Aqua Alex if you want to listen to the show on YouTube. All right, you guys have a great rest of your night, and thank you for tuning in to the Aquatic Wetline tonight. We really, really appreciate it. Have a good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. Thank you for listening to Aquatic Wetline, your one-stop podcast for everything aquarium. Aqua Alex wants to thank you for listening. Return next time for a fun-filled episode. Please check us out on iTunes. Leave a good review if you enjoyed it. And like our fan page on Facebook called Aquatic Wetline Podcast. And join our fan group called Aquatic Wetline Radio Fan Group on Facebook. Until next time, goodbye fish keepers. Hank on. <laughs>